Hi, everybody. Thanks for being part of this audience and listening to my podcast. Sometime over the next few weeks, I would love to do a question and answer because I've had some comments come through and some people that had questions. So I'm opening that up to you. If you have a question for me, you can go to my YouTube channel and post the question there. Or you can also go to my email, which will be in the description below. And that is more of a private way to send me a question. I'd love to hear the questions that you have. And I will do my best to answer everyone. Thanks so much again for being here. And I look forward to being with you again next week. Hi, I'm Meg Michelson. Welcome back to Soul Speak. And if you're new to the channel, thank you so much for coming. If you've been here before, I appreciate that you're back. And I appreciate so much that many of you are sharing that with others. So thank you. Today's episode, we're going to talk more about emotional availability and how can we live unconditionally. So this past month and this next week, the times we've been in recently are more intense than usual. And what does it even mean? Because I feel like it's been intense for quite a while. And honestly, it doesn't matter if you're watching this in October or in November or December or June, because there has been so much challenge for people. All humans have been having challenge, and we always will through various times of our lives. So in order to get to that place of unconditional living with care, living unconditionally with care, not with apathy, but true unconditional living with authentic emotional availability, we must do the deep dive work. And that's so often what we want to escape from. One of my clients I worked with early this week had a strong reoccurring dream over the past month, actually. And in that dream, she was in a basement. Basement dreams are the deep dives into our hidden emotions. And this week in particular, we are being asked to go there, go into the deep dive. And that's pretty uncomfortable. Remember when you were little and you needed to go into the basement or into the attic in your home and you felt fear? Sometimes the attic was a little bit more fun, but still scary. There were some pretty scary monsters down there and we did not want to go down there alone. Frankly, some adults still struggle with fear in the basement and going into the attic of their homes. But these two areas of our home are also symbolic of the areas of our inner world that we often want to neglect. Yet just as we decide it's time to clean out the clutter, these are the two areas that often need more time and more attention to really clean them out. Because why? We shove a lot of stuff in our basement, we shove a lot of stuff in our attic, and we think we're going to clean it out later. That's just how it is with our psyches. Same thing. The basement in our inner world is where we have subconscious experiences, and sometimes we just don't want to open those old wounds. So much of this, that deep psyche work, is related to our childhood and, in my belief, in beyond this lifetime. And that attic is the area that's blocking us from our higher self's calling. Both of them require deep dive. In my belief, it is related to how we're storing the past and bringing it subconsciously into our present day relationships. 
relationship with self and relationship with others. Those thoughts that sabotage us and get in our way. Someone I was talking with recently, really struggling with one of her brothers. And in that relationship, it's still very much like her relationship with her dad. It's this male authority figure because it's an older brother. And we don't recognize we're doing that until we pause and go into that deep work because it's getting in the way of feeling equal in relationships. Those old thoughts sabotage us and they do get in our way. The basement and the attic are where we hide things we don't want to deal with. We sometimes don't even think we can deal with it. So we just do whatever we can to escape it. Stay busy, not care, move ahead, live like we're part of the walking dead, the zombie world. When these old wounds come up, and they absolutely are, especially these days, if we choose not to open up and allow ourselves to work through them, we're blocking part of our heart. We're blocking our capacity to fully love big and live big. Last week, I spoke about apathy. That old wounding that is still stored deep can lead to more apathy, which can lead to disassociation and vice versa. And as a reminder, apathy is different than neutrality. Apathy is the not caring. Neutrality is to be in that sense of, I can hear all sides. I can be objective. Remember that the soul body and the physical body are connected. So as always, start tuning into the areas of our body that are tired. And that's how we do this deep work. Where do we feel tired? Where do we feel like we have been neglecting that pain? What's going on there? And really important, start tuning into our brain. Our brain has stored some of the shadows from the past we don't necessarily want to deal with. We've all heard of the amygdala. Well, the amygdala plays a key role here. This is where the emotions are stored. Old, painful emotions that come through from trauma and abuse of any level. This part of our brain has a very big role in our soul and emotional lives and how that's all connected. That amygdala, if you don't know, it's a little almond-shaped part of your brain tucked deep inside. And it is pretty small compared to the rest of your body. The amygdala is located in the temporal lobes just above the ear. I consider it about straight behind the eyes. It's just deep. And this is a major processing center for emotions. It links your emotions to many other brain abilities because emotions, remember, depending on what emotion we're feeling, can strengthen parts of our brain or weaken parts of our brain. So this amygdala links emotions like to memories, learning, living with your senses. When it doesn't work as it should, it can cause more feelings of either apathy or big emotions that might not really be in sync with the experience that's in front of you, with your current situation. It might be too big for what you're actually dealing with. So people will say, wow, where's that coming from? Well, it's coming from our history. The amygdala is part of the brain's limbic system, and the limbic system consists of different parts of the brain. So when we live with feelings of too much stress, our limbic system is working overtime to help our body process our feelings. When this area needs healing, we can go into fight or flight at the smallest provocation. 
I used to have chickens and I loved the chickens. And sometimes those chickens scared me. And when I was under a lot of big stress, I would react really very awkwardly in a fight or flight way when one of the chickens was coming at me. Why? Because my amygdala was overworked because I was under too much stress. Then we go into fight or flight when fight or flight really isn't necessary. I remember again about 10 years ago while going through a really stressful time in my life. I didn't have chickens then. This was before my chickens. I felt lots of emotion with my own stuff. There was some big stuff going on in my life. And I was noticing how I really didn't feel compassion like I used to. And I'm a really compassionate person. And one of my friends said, wow, Meg, you're really in a different place. I don't feel like you're even compassionate about what I'm going through. That was a big wake up call for me. I didn't even realize it until she told me. And why was that going on? Because when we're living with so much stress, our amygdala, that limbic system can really be overworked and our emotions are no longer regulated like they should be. And like what happened with me, this area can shut off compassion. Remember, this area is really important, even though it's just a little almond shape. The amygdala determines how we act in a crisis. And we can make a crisis huge, like the chicken coming at me, which really wasn't going to hurt me. But the amygdala determines how we act in crisis depending on the information it receives. Remember where that information comes from. It comes from our history. This means that if we've been living with too much anxiety, too much trauma, not enough peace, not enough breath work, our anxiety outweighs the logical parts of our brain. And we can go into panic and stress and fight or flight way too easy, which of course is so hard on the whole body. And now we're really disconnected from being authentically emotional, emotionally available because we can't, because we're in fight or flight. We're seeing things from a lens of huge stress instead of what might actually be right in front of us, which might be just a minor thing. So it's so important to start to look at this part of ourselves. This area can be healed and we can become less reactive and learn healthier responses. As I said before, this deep work is not easy, but it is so important. And it's also really important to find someone you trust to do this work with you. When we do it too alone, it can bring us into places of depression. We're meant to work in community. We're meant to work with people we trust because there are so many good people out there. When we do this work with another person and do it with loving kindness, we are also opening our hearts to more self-acceptance, and that can lead to more self-love, which can lead to taking bigger risks and living with healthier emotions. And during this time, my belief, we have so much more support from the universe. When we allow ourselves to take a step in that direction, take a step to shift ourselves from being asleep to awake, the universe is right there to support us. It will come through people. It'll come through dreams. It might be coming even through astral help that we can't always see. So how do we begin on our own? Breath work. Breath work really helps. And I know I say it a lot, but this is what we can give ourselves every day throughout the day. When the triggers hit, 
because we will be triggered. We're always triggered by somebody or something, depending on where we're at. Pause and breathe. When we feel triggered, pause and breathe. This is a big first step to learn to trust ourselves. And then we can take another step and another step and slowly go into the unknown. Because the unknown can be because the unknown can be pretty scary. And of course, pay attention to the amygdala, to that little almond shape. It sounds strange to consider it, but there are ways that we can reduce the hold our past has on us. And that is that untangling, that unfolding. We can learn to live with the freedom of authenticity by being mindful. So taking a breath and just imagining, and if you want to do it now, do it with me. Close your eyes and take a breath and imagine going into the center, behind the eyes, center of the head, little above the ears to that little almond shape. And just imagine it releasing, unfolding, breathe into it. Sometimes when we do that work, we feel like we might cry or old anger might come up. So we want to do it in a safe place. But just taking breath anywhere inside the head so we don't feel that tight band of stress across our forehead and the back of our head. That's a beautiful way to start the unfolding. And that's where we can learn to live with the freedom of authenticity. Authenticity in a healthy emotional way. So practicing other stress reduction techniques, deep breathing, meditation, exercise is great to relieve some of that old stress. Exercise in the body. So sometimes we're exercising and we feel that tight band because we're overthinking and we're pushing ourselves too hard. That exercise is good. The push ourselves hard sometimes, but I'm talking about exercise when you are allowing yourself to be in the body, not thinking about all the stress of your day. That exercise can help us unwind the mind. And then, of course, working through the symptoms that the old trauma has brought on doesn't just go away. It gets stored in there and comes out sideways in all sorts of different ways. Anxiety, panic attacks. Those are things that you can really learn to work through with a trained professional. Now, there's some good techniques, EMDR, and a newer one that's coming out is brain spotting. Those things can help. Acupuncture, craniosacral therapy. There's a lot of ways that we can connect with our body to relieve some of that old trauma so we can learn to react in healthier ways. And of course, eating healthy is huge. Uh, brain needs healthy food. Food is medicine in my belief system. Drinking a lot of water, we need water. And getting enough sleep. We all know on the days that we're not sleeping well. And we know the nights that we felt better rested. So just contributing to our overall health will really help you learn how to become more emotionally available. And also remember that our emotional vibrations shift and change all the time. On a soul level, we came to be able to move through our history into better health. It's part of the reason we're on earth. And if it's part of the reason we're on earth, we absolutely can do it. Nothing is put on our plate that we cannot face. We just want to do it with loving kindness, a step at a time.
not shame or blame or being mad at ourselves because we're still holding on to the past. Then we're holding on to the past even tighter when we're mad at ourselves. So giving yourself that kindness and patience and compassion to release some of that old stuff. Our job as we become more awake is to learn that we can regulate our reactions. And that helps every system in our body. That's why we don't ever really arrive at our destination. There's not just a train stop that we go to and here we are. We're always arriving. We're always growing. The train is always changing. And our choices change with it. Because as we become more awake, we shift how we're doing things. We don't stay too long in one mood all the time. We don't stay in, in one place too long. We shift and change based on all that is going on around us. If we lived in a bubble of bliss, we might always be blissful. I don't know, that might be kind of boring. However, on a soul level, our spirit is asking us to enjoy our lives and be in integrity and authenticity, regardless of what is going on around us, because there is always going to be stuff going on around us. We can learn to confront our stories with honesty, accept new programming, accept the truth through love and kindness to ourselves and to others. And we want to slow down so we can do it. We got to slow down. So taking time on your own, taking time to reflect the patterns. Last week, I talked about when you're feeling triggered, pause. Find a moment to exhale and then ask your inner guidance. What history do I have with this pattern? And is that response something I need to continue? Or can I be open to wonder to find a new response? This past week, I was triggered. I don't go on Facebook very much, um, sometimes to wish people birthdays when I remember and post for my work. I stopped going on Facebook so much because it became dumping grounds for some people, not all people, but dumping grounds for anger and judgment. And that's too much anger and judgment for me. So I found myself, some person's page landed on my lap and I found myself triggered and I became upset. So I called one of my girlfriends in California. I'm like, wow, this has really triggered me. I was triggered because I was reading a few people's pages. It was like that cycle where you read one and then you click on something else. And there I was. They were shaming others for not doing what they thought they should do not reacting how they thought they should react. And they were taking that time on, on a social media platform to shame instead of taking that time to heal, sending healing, being in non-judgment, understanding they don't know that other person's life. They don't know. We're not stepping in someone else's shoes when we're choosing to judge and shame. Now we're in emotional unavailability, remember. But what if we looked for places and opportunities to help instead of spending that energy judging what others are or are not doing? And then I had to laugh after I calmed down and pulled myself out of it and laughed with my girlfriend and said, okay, here I am judging those that were judging, getting caught right in it. So I had to step away, laughed at my reaction and sent compassion to those people that were triggering me. It happens all the time because we're human and we have emotions. We just want to allow ourselves to step back and unravel those emotions in healthy ways. This is what I call a pause point. And I've used that term for years. I stop my mind chatter and pause. I step away from the issue. Whatever that issue is that's causing me to feel those big feelings that are not healthy big feelings, 
then I can choose to step into a healthy reaction and get back into unconditional living. What is unconditional living? Unconditional living is to live the best way we can and love all that choose to live how they want to live, not control them, not send love because we agree with that person or disagree with that person, but living with connection to spirit as a soul body that's living a human experience. And I'm living with my soul body and my human body as a team. And the more we allow ourselves to live without an attachment to outcome, the more we are living unconditionally. And how does that transfer to relationships? Because we let people be who they want to be. And we decide how much we want them in our daily lives. For some people, that means maybe we'll just see them at a family reunion or a class reunion every five years. Or for some people, we feel we can be with them all the time. We get to decide that and we can learn what boundaries we need to hold so we can stay at peace, but not ignoring so that we are truly living unconditionally. But we've got to give ourselves time and space to get there. So that means if you're at a family reunion and someone triggers you, you get to go to the bathroom and spend a few minutes there until you feel like, okay, I'm back in my peace place and I'm going to allow that person to be who they are and send compassion, not judge them. Because becoming truly awake and emotionally available takes time. It also changes the way we see others. It also changes the way we see the world. It doesn't cause us to be perfect because we're not going to be perfect. And why would even want to be? But it can cause us to love bigger and live in a way that we are taking risks, healthy risks, to live a life that we never even thought was possible. And that is absolutely worth it. So this next week, I hope you give yourself time to pause, time to breathe, and find moments to love yourself. I'm Meg Michelson, and I hope you have a great week. I look forward to connecting with you next Wednesday. Hey, listeners, thanks again for joining me. If you want to learn more about me, services I offer, who I am, please check out my website, megmichelson.com. Also there, you can join my newsletter. I do a, the best job I can to send it out monthly, no guarantees. Follow me on Instagram and YouTube. Thanks again for coming. I'll see you next time.